0: Welcome to manga Explaining, the show where we recommend great manga to folks who haven't read much manga before. Hosted by Deb Aoki, Christopher Woodrow Butcher, Chip Zdarsky, and myself, David Brothers. Follow along with our show notes and our reading list at MangaSplaining.com. And if I were truly smart, I would just record that once really well, like privately, and then
1: just like <laughs>
0: drop it in, like editing.
1: <laughs> just take 300 and you're like yeah i could have, i could have hit i'll keep a little stronger this. i could have said not much manga before like with just a little more energy but (laughs) you
0: know it is what it is and here we are to discuss yasuhiro naito's blood blockade battlefront which is an action adventure manga i guess is the best way to describe it i'm gonna go ahead and just read the back cover copy and get into kind of my pitch Three years ago, a gateway between Earth and the beyond opened over the city of New York. In one terrible night, New York was destroyed and rebuilt, trapping New Yorkers and extra-dimensional creatures alike in an impenetrable bubble. Now, New York has been rechristened Hell Salem's Lot, a paranormal melting pot where magic and madness dwell alongside the mundane, where every form of human vermin gathers to exploit otherworldly assets for earthly profit. That's pretty good. Now someone is threatening to breach the bubble and release Hell Salem Lot's horrors but the mysterious super agents of Libra fight to prevent the unthinkable. Trigun creator Yasuhiro Naito returns with Blood Blockade Battlefront, an action pack supernatural science fiction steamroller as only Naito can conjure. That's more or less what this is about. I think I pitched it as kind of what if the X-Men's Inferno just kind of kept happening. but all of like <laughs> oh, the mundane yeah. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I pitched it that way because a lot of what I enjoy about this manga, which is very much about like otherworldly like end-of-the-world apocalypse-type stuff, is a lot of the mundanities, like how the main character ends up on kind of a team of super freaks by accident or like the kindnesses that are shown him in the first couple chapters, the bullying, all the stuff I like about this are the very small human moments, like the interpersonal characterization type stuff. The bigger monster type stuff is also very cool, but I laughed really hard when they revealed that the picture that he was using as a reference to find out who the character was, was upside down. Yeah, Super funny. And that kind of set the tone for the series for me. And I think because of that, I thought this might be a more fun first read for manga-splaining than Trigon, which is like a little more serious, a little more straightforward of a Western. This one's wacky in a way that I honestly can't tell how the gang is going to feel about it. Mm. So I'm stoked for this one. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to start... I don't remember who I started with last time. I feel like I usually start with Chris. So we're going to start with Deb this time. Deb, what did you think of Blood Blockade Battlefront Volume 1?
2: I got to say that at first I was really angry at this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Classic minus planning intro. (laughs) Wow.
2: But it wasn't Natsuhiro Naito's fault. It Mm. was Comixology and Dark Horse's fault. (laughs) Because I... Read it on the comicsology version, and I was like, Wait, 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 wait. Is this a flipped book? Is it what's going on? Oh no! And the pagination yeah. is effed up, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's the way that it's paginated, it's like it's flipped, but then it kept retaining the Japanese pages, so it was such a chore to read. I was like, Yeah, like what's going on here? <laughs> I can't even follow this. Wait, wait, wait. Then I had to. Rebuy it on Dark Horse Digital. And then I was yeah. like, oh, okay, this is better.
1: Yeah, makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had thought to do that, actually. I just sort of suffered through the whole book by having to, like, swipe left but read right. Oh, I no, hate that. This, yeah. happened, so,
2: this happened to you, yeah,
1: too? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean – Blood Blockade Battlefront is not commonly available in Taiwan, so yeah, I had to get the digital. But yeah, I should have got the Dark Horse digital. Good to know for listeners out there. Yeah, our our pain is your gain.
3: Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize there was like a problem problem until like because I read it in a few goes, and at one point I kind of came back to it. I started reading it, and I was like, this this story just doesn't make any sense, and then I realized I was reading it backwards. <laughs> yeah. I was swiping the wrong way. Oh, because you my were swiping God. like it was manga. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah.
1: We've fully oh, broken you. you. You have fully broken me.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I was the only one who was suffering like this. <gasps>
3: but I didn't even clicked that it was a thing.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I think that, like, usually when you send comics to Amazon or Kindle or whatever, you send, like, a PDF. Mm. And maybe the PDF wasn't checked left to right or right to left, and they got it mixed up. <sighs> but that's super annoying to read. So did you...
2: Enjoy it after all the extra effort? I was more kind of like, oh, okay, this is how it was meant to be read. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then it made a little bit more sense, but then...
3: Just a little bit.
2: (laughs) But the denseness of the book made it difficult.
3: Yes. Mm.
2: There's a lot of stuff going on. Don't take this the wrong way. It reminded me of American comics, (laughs) because... Cause it took me a while to read it, even on the right way around. Like, wait, what's going on? And wait, why is he the only one who can see the monkey? And wait, what's the monkey anyway?
4: And, <laughs> and then wait, who's
2: this guy? And wait, wait, he's got great sideburns, but wait, does he have powers? Wait, <laughs> and this blood thing—what's the blood thing going on? And so, yeah, I was irritated a little bit.
3: And that wasn't Comixology's
2: fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Yasuhiro Naito has been to Comic Con several times, been published in American comics for a long time. Mm-hmm. He seems to really his his sense of humor, the manicness of his storytelling, and his mix of like making really dynamic action and you know, having that little text Avery pause where Bugs Bunny looks at the camera and goes, Ha ha, what do you think of that, huh? <laughs> Yeah. A- ain't I a stinker? <laughs> it's it's a wild ride. Like I said, it's a little denser read. Mm-hmm. He slams in a lot of characters, a lot of world building all at once in this first volume. And he assumes you're you're in you're down. You're in for the ride.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
2: So, um, yeah, it's kind of he's uh, it's really interesting because it it, re- it really does feel like a mix between an American sensibility and a Japanese sensibility.
0: I can totally see it. And Naito's been very vocal about how much he loves Todd McFarlane's spawn. Oh. Ah, there's not as much of it in this volume of Blood Blockade. But when he draws like capes and cloaks and things like that, like mm-hmm. Vash is very much like a post Spawn character at one point <laughs> and over in Trigun.
2: I have to cool. admit that I had to watch the anime.
0: Oh, for Blood Blockade? Yeah, oh.
2: to try to back my brain around what was going on.
0: <laughs> yeah, did you like it more after? It helped. <laughs> yeah.
2: It helped.
1: <laughs> I think the anime is pretty strong. I did the same thing, actually, where it was just like, I read the book and I'm like, this this seems very idiosyncratic as a manga. How did this become such a popular, this was like a mega hit, right? Yeah. So I watched the anime and like, even that opening scene of the book which is actually really strong in the book where you sort of like zoom in and then see that like not all the people are people necessarily. Uh Some of them are monsters, very inferno or whatever Mm -hmm. is handled in a way that I think allows that idea to really breathe in the anime a little bit more Mm -hmm. than it does in the manga. And I think that the anime does sort of, it's like Sailor Moon. I know we haven't covered Sailor Moon so it's not the canon that we can talk about but like Uh the Sailor Moon anime took this like really super idiosyncratic arc that Naoki Takuchi makes and made it into something that was very clean. And I don't want to say palatable because that, that has a different connotation, but definitely easier to follow. Mm-hmm. Well, like exactly what's happening. There's less sort of sparkly effects. The characters always, you can do a 3D turnaround and they look the same from every <laughs> angle. Whereas in this and in, in Takaoji's work, like character turns to the side or maybe we get a, a sort of a bird's eye view. Uh, those characters get a little like a little deformed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, it can be really hard to follow, I think, for for readers. But so I thought it was very interesting to see the differences between the anime and the manga in terms of just like how once you do an anime character design, how codified that is, mm-hmm. and how rarely it breaks out of that mold. So yeah, Deb, I totally understand why you would go to the anime.
3: And like I'm I'm not an anime guy at all. We'll <laughs> save that for anime explaining. Uh. <laughs> but you saying that like I'm looking at a page right now, and I just keep thinking if all the words and the balloons disappear from this page, and someone just read it all out to me i would enjoy this so much more mm. like
0: what's happening what do you mean exactly
3: like it's so cluttered the lettering the word mm. balloons like it's covering half of a page in a lot of cases and you, you kind of have to make sense of who's even saying some of the the dialogue mm-hmm. it ruins the design of the pages like almost in every case and if they just disappeared and it was just the artwork and someone just like Basically, I'm describing anime if somebody <laughs> if, people, if people just voice these characters, and I could just look at them, and I could yeah. look at the scene. A lot of it would be less confusing, a lot less cluttered, and maybe the wordiness wouldn't
1: grate on me as much as it as it does in this. David, you can edit this part out, but can you, Chip? Can you tell me what or show me what page, or tell me what page so I can throw it in the show notes just as a good example?
3: Oh yeah, I was just looking at. Yeah, I'm not going to edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> in the comicsology, it's th- location thirty eight. 38 at 19 percent. okay that's just random like that's not even me like trying to find the wordiest page i just like it was what well, was open
0: oh yeah this is a super long mm-hmm. this is a super wordy page
3: two pages past like it's still wordy yeah like
1: yeah mm-hmm. i will say that's not a fault of the lettering that's definitely these are the original word uh,
3: no no like when i say lettering i mean like like the original choices like, yeah like yeah all of it like it's not a yeah it's not a slight against the you know the uh, North American letterer, but yeah, but it's just it's so much. You go a few more pages, you're at page fifty. It's just like, oh my god, there's so much going on and so much explaining, and in 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 such a <laughs> in such an awkward way too. Like that kind of reminds me a bit of American comics, at least the ones that I grew up reading, where like every issue of X Men, you had to like have the characters say what their powers were, mm-hmm. you know, for for the little ones, which you know I get, but. But there's so many things here where someone's explaining the city to someone who knows what the city is. <laughs> like really? I'm just like what? Like there must be there must be a better way to relay information than all these like weird monologues.
0: Yeah, there's one thing I didn't mention on the pitch. I think is this is one of the rare manga where I think the anime might be like slightly better than the manga because of the presentation of the anime. Yeah, like this scene, page 38 that Chip was mentioning. I assumed that, like the Location 38 is yeah. 38, the Dark Horse edition. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a maybe five to ten second joke animated. But it's yeah. two pages and maybe actually three pages and like 18 panels mm. in the comic yeah. form. So like the pacing is different, the way like the jokes land are different. And I think that the explaining feels better when it's more dynamic, like when it's a monologue over something happening. Versus, mm-hmm. you know, just a random conversation.
3: Also, I, th- I feel like there's a thing, too, with anime, because anime is a passive form of entertainment.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. In which I'm kind of okay with the time elapsing while you watch an anime versus the time, concerted time being put in when you're reading something like this. Where I just get... Like, I, I definitely... I, I put this down in frustration. Mm-hmm. but hmm But about, like, the fifty percent mark probably because I'm just like, okay, my brain's just not even like it's not there with this. I mm-hmm. gotta just like step away and come back to it. Whereas I think of the anime, I'd just be like, okay, you know, you can kind of turn your brain off a little bit and kinda of watch it, but like the concerted effort to read this and I wasn't getting enough enjoyment out of it. Except the gags. I think you're right. Like I yeah. I love the gags. The gag yeah. at the, the gag at the end where he's in the full body cast. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I even like the pizza delivery stuff. Hmm. And then that relationship, but, but yeah, yeah, there was just, there was too much going on in here. And then the action felt just a little too, and it might just be my old man brain. I, I couldn't follow a lot of it.
2: Wow. I feel like yeah. less like a crank than I thought I would.
0: No, I love the manga spending episodes that open with this made me really mad. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair. Uh, yeah. Deb's the mad one. I wasn't mad. <laughs> And so, Chris, had you read Trigun, out of curiosity?
1: I actually had. I was always sort of aware of Trigun, but it was when I was very firmly in my selling manga phase when I was working at the mm-hmm. comic book store. Yeah, And it was just sort of like, there was too much stuff coming out, and I had my favorites, obviously, pales comparison to what's being released now. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I was always aware of what was happening in Trigun, and how to sell it, and you know, what not but never was never a, a super huge fan of the series like a lot of people around me were like a lot of buds were were really big fans and i appreciated what he had going on like i'd pick up a volume and be like whoa okay but mm-hmm. so this is the first time i actually sat down and like really for like red red one of his manga and i assumed that, that was the next question like what yeah. do what did you actually think oh i loved it i like loved it actually it is super weird that ship didn't didn't
0: Wait, You love the Trigun
1: exactly? or Blood Blockade? Oh, this Blood Black Blood oh, Blockade Battlefront. This is a rare yeah.
0: split for manga explaining. It
1: is a rare split. It's, it's here, here's why I liked it idiosyncratic, in my estimation, is good. Mm-hmm. I am so sick of manga with like cookie cutter, like perfect anime <laughs> character designs. Like people that have grown up drawing characters at like, and this is unfair, but like with Pixiv accounts, like their whole lives, so they know exactly what like a girl anime face is supposed to look like like there are multiple hideous drawings in this of women it's kind of <laughs> great but not just women but like of of all the characters like sometimes they look super cool and sometimes they look kind of deformed like when you move your face really close to like the camera you know kind of thing and evangelion you do the the, the evangelion oh fish the fish eye. yeah face yeah like i i actually really love I deeply appreciate how, if you're like an anime director, you've got to take this and turn it into something that works on screen that like a (laughs) team of animators can draw this. But this guy is just like, and I actually didn't find it too hard to follow until the last story with the pizza delivery and the the sort of human, the literal human trafficking (laughs) that one. I actually thought, okay, he's kind of this dude's up his own ass a little bit on these pages. Like, A lot of them don't like, literally, can't read them. Like, you can't read what's going on in the last story in this book a lot of the time. But the first three parter, I actually found pretty straightforward to follow, even with the stupid comicsology, not formatted correctly stuff. And I really liked a lot of the art. I liked that it was daring and had a lot of choices. And I liked the story. The gags are actually great. The monkey gag is actually top level dad joking <laughs> which is Wait, so good which monkey gag sorry the monkey oh where the gateway <laughs> was unlocked by the monkey it was just like that was one that was the one time where i was like man he's really he, he spends like he has the villain spend two pages on how upset that this gag was ruined for him was and i'm like oh, you're really, really explaining this joke because you don't explain anything else in this book, but you're explaining this joke probably because it's like an English joke. So the Japanese readers would have really needed some like, <laughs> a bit of here's what a him. monkey is in English. Yeah. But no, I actually really liked it, but I couldn't actually figure out what was going on in the last story with like the blood and the thread and the whatever it was. It was all like, it was like, it was a very X-Men like, it was very like, I've done everything I can do. It's up to him now. I'm going to go into a coma. And you're just like, all right, that's the last story. That's And then when you find out what it is, what he actually was doing, no spoilers, you're like, oh, my God, that's actually such a good, weird-ass use of a superpower, right? Yeah. Like, there's some yeah. good, weird superhero shit in here that I am totally down for. Like, it, it scratched that itch for sure. Yeah, I, I... The things I didn't like about it were probably always felt like concessions to the manga and anime ness of it, like the <laughs> intended audience. Like I think this yeah. was a ran in one of the Jump magazines, and I'm not not 100 sure on that. We'll, we'll look it up, throw in the show notes. But there was some stuff in it that was like a little bit.
4: <sighs> mm.
1: When you say something's really manga y, you have to take the good with the bad, I think. And I was thinking about this before I started reading because I had downloaded. Well, I'll just, I'll spoil it. I downloaded and I purchased Crying Freeman. Oh, yeah. We were talking about Crying Freeman on the Tokyo Scout episode with Patrick Massius and, and Matt Alt, And it's like, oh, no, Pat-, you know, that's because like none of Bronson's like work is available right now. Like, and it's mm-hmm. like, well, that one was available digitally, but a lot of the other stuff had gone out of print. And I was like, oh, I'm going to read that and see if we can make it a manga explaining pick. And I started reading it. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is this is manga e." Like, this is (laughs) manga. There's like, you're you're doing this stuff thinking that this is the end product. That it's never gonna be anime. It's never gonna be. And it it ended up being it. But like, even that was like, it looked like moving manga as opposed to as opposed. Well, sorry, what made it manga e? There's something about putting stuff down on the page, where you're like, when you when you slap ink down on the page in a certain way. And when you tell the story in a certain way, it just feels like I'm tempted to say more old school because I, I I grew up watching manga and anime in like the late 80s and early 90s, and then sort of went from there. But it's not that; it's just like when the end product of your creativity or when I, of a mangaka's creativity feels like it's the thing that you're reading, rather than maybe there's going to be an anime or a, a movie or a live action drama or whatever down the road, when you're like not filing the weird edges off of your work and you're mm. telling the story the best you can in the medium that you're working in, that feels, and you're idiosyncratic as hell and it's got all your weird shit. Like this has like puns and dad jokes and like weird <laughs> characters screaming out their moves as they do them. Like <laughs> Everything that Naital Sensei likes is in this book. Like yeah, I, to Chip's point, There's too much of it. Like, I agree with that. Like, it is, (laughs) this is all too much. Man, I'd always rather have too much than not enough. I'd always rather have, I'm eking out this shit so that if it goes to series, I can have 27 volumes or 30 volumes. And that's what this feels like to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could defend it better than that.
0: I like the crying Freeman point quite a bit because one of my favorite dumb twists in comics ever is in crying Freeman. And I think that they commit to this (laughs) bit so hard that it like, it kind of speaks to what you're talking about where imagine like a giant empty warehouse like in a crime movie. There's six Mm. guys in a huddle talking about how they want to kill their boss. Love it, A bigger cut, more drugs, blah, 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 blah. There's a very small pile of like fish in the side of the warehouse because it's like a a fishery, let's say. These guys are talking, they have a plan. They're like, oh yeah, we got to hire so-and-so. The fish is like shiver. The guys look over and their boss stands up from the middle of this pile of fish, which was less than six inches off the ground. I got to (laughs) stress. White suit, white hat, perfectly like clean, and intimidates yeah, yeah. them. And it is incredible <laughs> because you're like you don't think like wait how did he get under there until you finish the chapter, you know? Like you're so yeah. wrapped up in their idiosyncratic nonsense
1: that it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. And like that kind of like crazy ass manga stuff. Yeah, is what. Attracted me to the medium at first, like people just mm-hmm. going all out with like, I've got an idea, and it clearly wouldn't work in in live yeah. action. <laughs> he can't be buried under six inches, or it would be in live action when it happened. It would be a gag, right? And in yeah. this, it's it's deadly serious. Like, oh shit, the boss. And drawn is here realistically, we Ikegami like is oh, kind of yeah. a
0: John Romita kind of artist, you know, and he's yeah, in that okay. kind of realm of handsome dudes, very beautiful women. <laughs> yeah, and it shouldn't work, and yet it does. And that's part of the beauty yeah. of that kind of manga and kind of buying into the world the manga is trying to sell you on sometimes. Because
4: mm-hmm. mm.
0: I agree this one is very dense mm. and it's funny because I feel like this is, this is better visual storytelling than what was in Trigun, his previous oh, series. wow. Really? I think because he simplified his line work a lot, it used to be much more scratchy, more obviously hand-drawn, mm. bigger panels with more abstract things happening in them. Like someone thinking about something and things happening versus like a, and a physical action happening so this is like his mainstream (laughs) approach Mm. to comics making and somehow it works i think i think his ideas are strong enough that it's still connected with people like even with the density there is there are a ton of words in this thing like the character designs everyone looks cool and like the start of a different anime i feel it's like the an avengers kind of thing yeah like, the oh, blood guys, yeah. one deal. Chain Sumeragi is, she's a werewolf who can decrease how much people can notice her. Like, that's her superpower. Mm-hmm. Until she becomes, like, a quantum phantom. They can see into <laughs> things.
3: <laughs> can you even hear yourself now? I can't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, no. We're like, she's a werewolf. we got to be very careful. There's all this stuff in here where, if you explain it, it kind of stops working a little bit. Yeah. But in the moment, it can be very touching or funny like the upside down head thing it's such a like simple gag yeah but so good in the moment because it's ramped up so high volume two or three i think i think it's volume two as a chapter called don't forget to forget about me about a kind of mushroom looking character he befriends leo watch the main guy but when the mushroom guy gets stressed, he puts out spores that wipe your memory So he's homeless. He's always trying to beg for hamburgers from people, and people are like abusive about it. But he befriends Leo Watch. They have a little thing, and they bond over their love of the artist Ron Janita Jr. (laughs) (laughs) So the American comics influence is like very, very deep in this book. And I love the Deb like clocked it right off the bat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because it has such a strange feel. I don't know if we've read a, a book from Manga Plating that was this kind of dense. We've read mm-hmm. like very dense works. Yeah. But this is like every page might as well be a new scene sometimes. Always a brand new monster.
2: Mm-hmm. He's kind of showing off a little bit, don't you think? Like, yeah. He's like flexing and saying, like, like I, I'm not sure about the story, but I feel like this is a series that he came back roaring, like, like after a break doing other things. And he just said, I'm going to do something new. And he just says, Praxis Knuckles
0: says, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) This came out after Trigun, so I don't know his financial whatevers, but having a hit anime series hopefully means you're pretty well off and can do, like, your weird thing for your next big project. Mm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And this feels like the weird thing that he wanted to do. Because there's just so many different weird angles. There's the Secret Society of Monster Hunters, which I don't think they fully explain in this volume. No. (laughs) Yeah, they fight. (laughs) No, they don't. They do not. Yeah. At the very bottom of the Hell Salem slot hole, there's a lot of like immortal ancient vampires. And it's one of those. They fight those.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm looking at his the history of his work, right? And it's like yeah. Trigun. And then it was nineteen ninety five to ninety seven. Then he did Trigun Maximum, which mm-hmm. is nineteen ninety seven to two thousand and seven. He did a couple other things in between. And then he did this. But this is also he was previously published in other magazines. This is his first work for Shueisha for Jump Square.
0: Oh, Mm. interesting. I wonder if the Shueisha editorial department had a big influence on these things, too. Though I thought there'd be less involved with Shueisha editorial. Like, Jump Comics are so pared down at the beginning. And this is like a volume nine.
2: No, I mean, this is like moving to another publisher and like saying, and Jump Square is kind of, when it first came, it was kind of like a more arty. Mm -hmm. CNN magazine, like Blue Exorcist, right? It wasn't Jump Square. So I felt like this was kind of his opportunity to you know, really like you could see his eagerness to throw a whole bunch of things out of the gate mm-hmm. and say, love me, love me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this going on for a long term. I got lots yeah. of stories still. Come on, come on, kids. You love it. <laughs> nice. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just guessing.
1: <laughs> I will say that there's a, there's a clarity those first, like, like even though he does it, flashback and then flashes forward and then flashes back again like which is not one of my favorite devices there is a clarity to the writing a letter home to your sister opening Mm -hmm. chapter Mm -hmm. that makes it that's like here's how we're going to onboard you into what's happening in this crazy ass world i've invented that is pretty clear like you can start reading this and understand kind of what's going on okay but -hmm. the first time it flashes back Without warning, then it kind of goes <laughs> off the rails, I think, a little bit. But yeah. he, it's it's funny that you said that because this is like, this is after he's done, looks like maybe 20 volumes of manga. This is the like, this is the volume 21-ish kind of a thing. So like, he is he has put out some pages at this point. Like he's done his his thousand <laughs> pages uh, of work to get to this point, which I think is, or at least 400 anyway. He's done three Akira, really which is fine. <laughs> that's our, that's, our <laughs> yeah,
0: that's how we measure
2: things if the wikipedia entries is accurate mm-hmm. then basically he took a two year break between trigun maximum and this
0: that sounds like enough time to enjoy resting from drawing you know like weekly comics for 15 years and then to get bored and want to do another one
3: yeah <laughs> but yet not enough time to hire a good editor
0: yeah. Ooh, ouch. Oh. Ooh. Whoops! <laughs> That's actually a good segue, because, Chip, I've got a question about this one for you. What do you think of his draftsmanship? You mentioned the page design kind of being blown by the lettering sometimes, but, like, is he drawing well? Sometimes?
3: Mm. Like, he's, he's pretty hit or miss. There are some drawings where I'm like, what? Like, is this the same person doing it? Mm-hmm. And it's like his paneling is sometimes a little unusual. And mm-hmm. with added panels and beats that don't really help. Uh, things,
4: mm-hmm.
3: like there's, there's clearly stuff he quite enjoys drawing. He enjoys drawing the monsters, and he enjoys drawing the city. Actually, like one of my favorite like visuals in this, maybe my favorite visual is the building being sliced. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess it, it's a really really cool shot and really well done. Yeah, but like I, I'm I don't know I've got again this is like a random page that I just happen to have open, mm-hmm. and occasion one thirty nine in the comicsology. Mm -hmm. which I believe uh, there's no page numbers here. It's this one.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It
3: also has a flashback uh, halfway through the page.
0: (laughs) Uh, Page 137 in the Dark Horse Edition. Mm -hmm, All
2: right.
3: mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's like there's like there's the weird things like there's the weird middle panel that's just like a weird slice that doesn't add like anything at all to Mm -hmm. the pacing. Mm hmm. And then there's this drawing of him being knocked back, which is like just such an awkward drawing as well. Like so much of that page could just be redesigned to make it clearer and more impactful Mm -hmm. from my point of view. But he's just like, he's, he's clearly just going for it. He's like, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to move on to the next page. And that's that, which, you know, fair. I mean, all, all power to the, the cartoonist.
0: Yeah. Two pages after that one on page one 39 in the Dark Horse Edition, 150 in the Print Edition. We've got three yeah. page numbers to juggle. Yeah. It's the one where they're riding the scooter together. I
3: love that. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: <laughs> great. That's a great drawing. Yeah, the drawing of his face on the glass. Yes, like I've yes. never yeah, that's, seen that's something awesome.
3: like that before. <laughs> that's so
2: good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's super good.
2: And immediately, like a page after that, is the reveal of the of the dry cleaning wagon being something else.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's quite good.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's some, there's some really good. Good sharp drawings in here
2: I mean that's like like a George Barris like Munsters type thing, like <laughs> like it looks like a model kit,
0: like
1: yeah, it does look like a model kit actually. it does, yeah, yeah,
0: I appreciated Chris's point about how the anime has to balance all of these disparate interests of nitos and make them one thing and I think it does like an admirable job. I would think I would say if you enjoy the manga, you should definitely check out the anime at the mm-hmm. very least. Listen to its hit closing single, which seriously took Japan by storm.
2: Seriously? I didn't know that.
0: What? Yeah, it was Sugar Song to Bitter Step. It was probably Sugar Song to Bitter Step. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. very jaunty and bouncy and friendly. Wow. The ending credits are them kind of dancing in front of a theater, like all the, <laughs> characters, all the enemies and things come out <laughs> of it. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So, like, they created a vibe that's not necessarily there in the manga. So they feel almost like two different things rather than adaptation and original Mm -hmm. work. Because one issue I have with a lot of adapted anime, let's say, is that it's never as good as the original manga. Yeah. Like, the space I have to read for my imagination to work as I read is sometimes much, much greater than following someone else's imagination, let's say, even if it's, Mm -hmm. like, a very good adaptation. And the idiosyncrasies in this... I think because they were so weird and so disparate that I got hooked in a little more than Chip and Deb did. I was like, okay, where's he going to go with this? And the answer yeah. was almost
1: always like, nowhere. <laughs> 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 so it's exactly like Chris Claremont X-Men then.
4: Yeah, it's very much. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: trying to think of how I can discuss the last volume without spoiling it. It's a story that goes on forever, but in a positive way. Okay. Like the framing of the last chapter is another letter to a sister he's like, hey, you know, I've been here a while. Life is good. And it's like, oh, that's closure. But you're like, well, it's not really closure because I don't know if you earned it necessarily. <laughs> but there were 13 volumes between now and the first time you did this. So I appreciate, you know, the, yeah. the formalism. But he's
2: done two restarts of this series. He's on the third now.
0: It's still going, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is Blood Blockade Battlefront 3P.
0: That was the... That's
2: the new one. Because it says started in 2022.
0: Oh, yeah, we don't have that one. We need Dark Horse to do me a favor.
1: <laughs> Dark Horse <laughs> needs to reprint these. And- San Diego's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll.
2: Let's go bug our pal, Michael Gombos. <laughs> yeah,
0: people love that at conventions. I
4: like know. requests. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: You would appreciate the slide I have because he's going to be on the manga publishers panel that I have. Mm-hmm. The, the Any Questions panel says, please. No questions about if we're going to license anything. <laughs> if we haven't announced it, we can't talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's
3: always... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's> very obvious. <laughs> There's a secret thing there, because that's just them making the request. It's not a question, mm-hmm. it's a request. It's to let them know that I am also interested in this. Take that <laughs> to heart. Put that in the back of your head for when you get back to the office.
1: Yeah.
2: I want everyone to boo those people. it's like, <laughs> boo, you wasted a question, Boo. But they don't. <laughs> but they don't.
1: So I just checked and We actually only got the first ten volumes of Blood Blockade Battlefront in English, mm-hmm. and then volumes the ten of the sequel, and then the ongoing series, or the third volume right now. We haven't gotten English yet. So David, there's so oh, much yeah. more Blood Blockade oh. Battlefront to come. You're so lucky. <laughs> but yeah, that's.
2: I'm gonna you know, say that as someone who like reads ahead, like I, I can't wait to see what's going on. This looks like a pain in the ass to read in Japanese. Like, <laughs> How, I don't uh, think it's a like deal. It
1: pretty, <laughs> pretty complicated.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's so many different languages and big kind of special moves that have random languages just because. Yeah, I, I'd believe it.
2: Mm. You know, I, I do appreciate the part where like they have the you know the guy makes their killer move and all of a sudden there's five or six giant blocky kanji, very complicated looking kanji mm. to show this is badass.
0: Yeah, <laughs> even better in the anime. It's not <laughs>
1: but so did anyone make it
0: to the author's note at the end?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was mm. fun. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was interesting that this is the volume. This is the series where he started drawing digitally. Mm-hmm. I think that might be, might account for some of the difference between the scratchiness that you were talking about. And then the sort of the cleaner look that he's got here is that he started drawing digitally here. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like, you know, it was a fun little author's note, and it put the art into a different context for me. I think, in terms of, like, he was—he's definitely trying some stuff here. I kind of—it kind of made me want to jump ahead to volume ten and just see if the art had changed at all as he got more comfortable with the digital tools. Because anytime there's like a standalone illustration in this, it's really good—like, really solid. Like the bus or the uh, the human trafficking van that Deb called out—that looks like a model kit. But a lot of the panel-to-panel stuff that that Chip mentioned is a little bit weird at times, let's say. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what Volume 10, if it's just like, no, no, he was just in that, he was perfectly formed in Volume 1 as far as he was concerned, and he just went for it. But uh, I would love to see Volume 10 and and sort of see how that uh, that changed. I would say Volume 10 has a
0: lot fewer panels per page on average. Maybe like 3 or 4 instead of, you know, like 8 to 12. And it makes a difference in the storytelling for sure. There's more room for the jokes to breathe and that kind of thing. Hmm. There's uh this is a small spoiler, but he meets his sister, like she comes back around. Okay. It's like a kind of a decent little drawing, but then
3: it's cool that iPhones exist in this world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and that's his reaction to finding out what she tells him. Yeah. That's uh yeah. beautifully grotesque. So I think he he keeps trying new things in interesting ways and that's definitely something I really enjoy about reading books like this that are so idiosyncratic that are kind of yeah. like just a step off the mainstream.
3: So I'm, I'm th- I got a question about that cuz like Yeah. Obviously I don't know I still don't know enough about manga cuz as I was reading it so I'm like it felt to me like this feels very mainstream. Like everything about it kind of felt very safe to me because it's like it's still like this w- this young shonen protagonist who stumbles into this thing. Mm-hmm. There's like a secret society, and like every there's the badass girl, the one, yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know there's the the antagonistic member of the team, and there's mm-hmm. like there's like uh, monster scenarios in the world. Like it all felt very much like oh, this feels like this is possibly a formula within the world mm-hmm. of manga, but it, everyone here seems to feel that it's.
0: Idiosyncratic. I wouldn't say it's like, um, who was the bullet? Shaky Kane idiosyncratic. It's not like that far out there necessarily. Yeah. But it is sort of like the book someone would do at Image instead of at Marvel, kind of idiosyncratic. Mm.
3: Or is it maybe it's idiosyncratic in the sense that like Claremont's X Men was idiosyncratic within the world of Marvel when it started to come out? Yeah, definitely.
0: Because this does hit all those points that you were saying, but it's also. It's a less smooth work than Naruto, let's say. Yeah, where yeah, Naruto absolutely. hits those marks, they're like we're aiming here, 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 and here. Yeah, Naito's kind of like, well, I'll, I'll have the hot girl, but like she's kind of be kind of a dick to my main <laughs> character and the other characters. Yeah, and she's the exact same design as a popular male character from Trigun, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. So I think maybe it's someone's attempt at mainstream but like they can't really hold back their true sicko on the inside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You were mentioning editing earlier, Chip, and I think that that's maybe the editorial hand is the parts that feel like this is, yeah, as you describe it, this is absolutely a, a like older shonen, you know, seinen kind of a story in that way. It's like, there is a character that looks and acts a little bit like how the reader would probably look and act in this situation, but they've got a hidden power inside them that makes them actually yeah, secretly yeah. the most powerful character. Like that kind of thing. Absolutely. But I think that that's like, those are the bits that make this a book that could be published by Shueisha in Jump Square.
4: Yeah,
1: It's like, you've done this thing that's like deeply weird and all the stuff that you're into is kind of creepy and weird as well here's what we need from you in order to make this a book that we can publish. Yeah, And mm. I think it's those things because as soon as that groundwork is established, like that framework, he pushes outside of it and starts doing just grotesque monster deaths and crazy. Like yeah. half a monster is running around being gross and like murdering people as much as he can. Like that's the kind of stuff that I think he would like to draw the like Todd McFarlane, you know, violatory, like gross, yeah. You know violent stuff and like here's the here's the framework we've got to get you so that it can exist in this magazine so our readers understand what you're trying to do and I think yeah that's what editorial is in a lot of my experience in Japan in these kind of magazines if you want to do something outside of that, you go to a different magazine and I think that that's and every magazine also has its own flavor of like what is acceptable, what yeah. is like I've really been doing a lot of research trying to figure this out on. In one of the day jobs, it's really interesting. I know Deb has been looking at it too. It's like what makes this a Shueisha shonen title versus a Kadokawa shonen title versus a Kodansha shonen title, and like you could see the slider move. You know what I mean? And it's again, you don't, you haven't read obviously as much manga as the rest of us are forced to, <laughs> so it's probably less apparent. But like th- that's, I think, where the dividing line is yeah. right, in terms of what you're talking about.
3: Yeah, I'd be interested to know if it's like the editor or just the instinct. Like, if you know, like, if I know I'm pitching something to Marvel or DC, I know what needs to be in that pitch to sell it to them, even if mm-hmm. I am sliding in like a weird thing. Like, the manga market seems very much like, oh, you need the young protagonist and blah, blah, blah. And maybe there's, you know, the badass characters. Yeah. How much of that is just the anticipation of the author? as to what the, yeah. the magazine and the editor are going to want and how much it's just the editor being like, what, you just pitched me a thing where it's just this monsters and there's no characters? You need to have characters.
0: Do you feel this is more or less out there than Chainsaw Man?
3: Um, I, I think Chainsaw Man felt more interesting to me mm-hmm. and better told.
0: That's fair, yeah.
3: Yeah, there's there are a lot more ingredients in here, but I don't yeah. think that necessarily makes for a better dish. You know,
0: mm-hmm. mm. I would say in terms of like being mainstream adjacent, like Chainsaw Man, let's say is a one on the scale, and and everything in between. This is yeah. like a point six Chainsaw Man for me. Okay, it's very weird, but it's not pushing it quite as hard as Chainsaw Man does. Yeah, yeah. Just mm. by virtue of like where Chainsaw Man runs versus where this runs, this does feel. Safer in that sense, so I can I can kind of see what you're getting at. With I, uh, I would uh, guess there's about field. a 30
2: year difference between the two creators too. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, in no. terms
0: of what they want to do in comics and what they you know believe comics are capable of, there's totally a perspective difference
1: there. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Yeah. Can I, can I say my yeah. favorite Blood Blockade Battlefront anecdote? Yeah, oh, sure. Do you want, Here's how I do. Know you know Naito? Sh- Is that going to be the anecdote? <laughs> no, all of my friends several of my friends know Naito so i have to be very careful what i say on this podcast yeah <laughs> i'm sure he'll never listen but i will probably if i was at yeah i will probably meet him at some point so i have to be uh, i have to be good but that's not why i like the book it's it's i actually legitimately <laughs> like the book but i did actually know this was a shonen jump series cuz i went to a shonen the shonen jump themed room at Comic-Cat one year where all of the Ooh. like uh, comic market which is the big doujinshi event in japan there's a room where it's like, or there's like an area where it's like, oh, you do parodies, air, hard air quotes, of jump <laughs> characters, you get to sit in this row. And I was like, wow, usually it's, I mean, you think of jump characters and they're all like, you know, wiry teens. And it's like, who's this giant hulking like monster dude on the cover of all these dojinshi and oh, wow, he's uh, <laughs> definitely going to town on some people in this. I was like, oh, is this? Is this a oh, blood no. blockade battlefront? Like, is it's like one of those series that I kind of know is happening over here a little bit? Yeah, it's like this guy's in. Ah, the- oh, I wonder if. I-, and I open it up, and I'm like, oh, he's not drawn quite as big as he is in the Dojinshi, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's probably probably stick with the Dojinshi. But like, yeah, my first real encounter of being like interested in the series was like the very hulking way let's say that they drew uh klaus from this book in, in the dojinshi. <laughs> and how just how many dojinshi feature because he is does not look like a jump character at all and especially <laughs> not the way they're drawing and they're they were like oh this is something a little bit different actually let's let's really <laughs> hook into this and everything from like very like almost like gay manga gay comedy kind of stuff to like making him very wispy and like yaoi bl and like whatever and like yeah. oh like it's one it's size fits awesome. all <laughs> it's awesome uh, actually the way they draw them let's say one size fits most okay leave that there <laughs> deb
2: it reminds me of like like you watch the porn version parody version of a movie mm-hmm. i was trying to think of what's a really funny porn. like i was looking at like a. Uh, so the booby guard instead of the bodyguard or
1: something? <laughs> wow, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's your yeah. example. That's pretty good.
3: That was like my job for like five years is coming up with those names in sex criminals. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There all of all so background many. gags. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I threw a very not safe for work link in the chat if you want to see mm-hmm. just what I'm talking about. I but already see cannot- thirty four. Yeah, I cannot put that up on the show notes, unfortunately. You're going to have <laughs> to rule 34 close your own. The internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Substack yeah. will not approve. Yeah. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh.
1: Yeah, Deb, pretty were good. there any gags that worked for you?
2: Oh, I'm going to think. I mean, uh, that one where he's slamming into the, the the delivery window, that was pretty funny. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: what was the other one? Well, the the part where they he imagines in his head that he has to eviscerate The monkey and that it's just just pixelation.
1: (laughs) That (laughs) was pretty good. That was pretty good.
2: That was pretty good. I do like the monkey. I mean, the monkey just has this simplicity and expressiveness. There's like, whoop, like, and then he's like, runs.
0: It's a good mascot character, I think. Yeah, it's really fun. Does the monkey come back? Yeah, it's a recurring character. Like, it hangs out. It never has like lines or anything like that, but it's like a pet, I guess.
1: Because I know the mushroom guy kind of becomes a mascot for the book that you were talking about that releases the forgetful spores. Because I've hamburgers. seen like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> eating hamburgers. Like I've seen like keychains and like plushes and stuff of him when the series when the anime was running. Like he was very, he was everywhere for a little while yeah. there. But I didn't realize the monkey as well. So he's got two mascots. Wow, he's really like going all out. Trigan had like the black cat that popped up a lot, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Every series yeah. needs a mascot character. Like again. This is like both the editorial and the the thing. genre demands it. the sh- the genre demands it. Yeah. Oh, I like
2: the scene here, like on one nineteen, where the the villain is like going, ah, shit. <laughs> Why didn't he kill it? Like, that look where he's like knocking over his villain chair. Yeah, that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> that guy's name, like Fimt? femt femto, whatever. It's different yeah. from volume to volume. They change the localization up a little bit. <laughs> this ridiculous villain. So Chip, was there anything that you enjoyed in the final thought kind of way?
3: I mean, my favorite gag was probably when he decided to blind his wheelchair-bound sister.
0: <laughs> mm. She
3: chose... Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my, my favorite gag is still the, the reveal of him in the full body cast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I yeah, I... As is always the case with these conversations, I think I like it more now than when I came into the conversation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all still, uh, still a, a bit too much. I think what I said earlier about all the ingredients don't necessarily make
0: a good dish. Uh, that's how mm-hmm. I kind of still feel about it. How would you feel if I told you that he basically puts Abe Sapien in the cast in Volume 7? All right, I'm in. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, on the cover of Volume 7. He joins the cast much earlier. Oh, okay. And it's like, hang on, I, I gotta show you this. It's like literally Hot Fish Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, hot Fish Dude. It's exactly Ape And he's <laughs> <exactly> apes, apes. <laughs> and he Zap's rival. They come from the same martial arts school, but he's like the good student and Zap's the crap student. Oh,
3: I also wanted to point out I like the fact that at some point they talk about a treaty between the two worlds. Yeah, I'm like, what? what kind of treaty would you have with this? <laughs> These characters that could have giant monsters cut through buildings. I don't know. That's how treaties work.
2: <laughs> I'm going to say his New York looks a lot like London sometimes, too. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I think that's part of the fun, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, London is the evil demon New York. I think we, all, yeah, know yeah, we all, all know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I they call it Toronto. the <laughs> <laughs> No, Sorry. we're the good New York, actually. <laughs> mm. I see, I see. I don't know why I'm defending Toronto. I've left. Uh, sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. Really
2: no, the only reason why I brought Toronto because it's in Toronto, like where they film New York scenes, but it's cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah.
3: That's, that's like, that's like a rite of passage. It's like walking down the street and seeing like a New York cab and a New York subway
1: <laughs> station in Toronto. <laughs> that's great.
2: Oh, I put another one in the yeah. chat.
1: Yeah. That, that face actually is such a good, such a good oh, yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah. When oh, she yeah, sort of looks joke. over, work harder, and she's just like, eh. And then they describe the face. That was actually really good. I actually <laughs> yeah, screen capped sure. that while I was going through, because that's a good one. And yeah. better in the manga than it is in the animation. Like, I
0: think because the word balloon is so packed in mm-hmm. the manga, like, it's a funnier visual. Yeah, makes sense.
2: It's kind of uniquely, I, I want to say it's uniquely Japanese, because, like, I can look at my mom, and I can mm-hmm. immediately see, oh, yeah, that's what she's thinking. like paragraph worth of meaning in just that one look
1: (laughs) yeah david have you watched flcl fully Cooley.
0: fully Cooley. yeah i haven't seen the two sequel series yet. i've been procrastinating on those
1: i don't think that those exist wow (laughs) i think it's only a six episode ova that's perfect (laughs) but that's what it was this was reminding me of the manic energy the like faces the reaction Uh, the characters constantly talking to one another in like in between mm. action sequences where mm-hmm. it's just like so much back and forth and so much text and fulikuli is an anime if you it's by a guy next but it's like it's an anime that has in japanese subtitles that go along with what the characters are saying at certain points because so much information is being like vomited at the viewer <laughs> like it's really trying some some crazy shit and this this reminds me of that just yeah. like constantly going and the music just kicks ass pillows forever but i could totally see that not influence but that parallel in this yeah yeah i don't think it's an influence at all but it's like that's the kind of manic energy that a lot of anime used to have when i was growing up mm-hmm. sounds so old but like thinking about like characters sort of like chirping at each other and even talking over each other sometimes mm-hmm. this feels very much like like that like a product of like And FLCO sort of felt like the last anime that I watched that was really like that, that really hit in a good way and was maybe like the the zenith of that kind of storytelling of like young people doing stuff that felt super important and like end of the world, end of their world kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely like, maybe that's the energy is like, there's just this like, he really is 30 years, 20, let's 20 to 30 years different space than... Jamolo Sensei, who does who does Chainsaw Man. And I think that there's just a different sensibility here, but I absolutely vibe on it. Not to immediately move us to final thoughts, but I think that's my final no, that's, thought. Yeah, I was gonna
0: ask if that was there. your final thought.
1: Yeah, it really is. I think it's just like this has a vibe that really hits for me. And I think if you especially if you like manga and anime, like you actually like manga and anime, mm-hmm. I think this will hit for you, but I don't know about it as manga for people who don't read much manga. I'm so sorry.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice, nice. Also, I forgot that they bring Venom into this as well, like just straight up. Of course. <laughs> just straight yeah. up Venoms
1: in it, yeah. Wow. Right.
0: Let's get Chip's final thought and then Deb's final thought.
3: Um, I think I already just kind of gave my final thought that it's, it's not necessarily for me. I like the gags. There's some mm-hmm. okay
0: drawings and there's too many ingredients. Solid. Yeah. Deb, what do you got for us?
2: I'm going to have to read this again when I'm not feeling so angry at comiXology <laughs> 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 for making me buy two books.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's ludicrous. Wow. They should at least return it. Yeah. That's oh, for refunds. Yeah. yeah. But
2: you know, I appreciate his, uh, the energy that's going on here. And I like, I have one of his books, the pen and ink book that Ian Q. Oh, oh yeah. Geez, yeah, there it's just kind of of Amazing. <laughs> Book, he has this How to Draw Manga book, How to Ink, that's really masterful. That's one of the mm-hmm. better How to Draw Manga books, and it's unfortunately out of print. But you can see in that how much he loves drawing and how mm-hmm. much he loves showing action and stuff like that. I would say maybe this particular first volume is a little bit too much of a good thing.
0: <laughs> nice. That's very kind. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but I'm curious enough now to maybe read some of the other volumes and see whether he calms down a little bit and doesn't try to jam so much in.
0: Yeah, I can recommend a couple of volumes that have interesting, like there's not really an overarching story necessarily, mm-hmm. but a, a series of vignettes. So there have been some really nice short stories. There's one I like a lot. There's a character introduced, I believe in volume two named KK, who's kind of a blonde like deadly assassin character, who's also like a proud mother, like a housewife in her off time. And one of her missions is basically to guide a mission while she's at a parent teacher conference. <laughs> through, like, you know, Uh, high-tech glasses and that kind of thing. That's That's incredibly relatable. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Very goofy, very funny. So there's, (laughs) like, if you don't like these stories, there might be one down the line that's more up your alley. It's hard to tell someone, hey, read another thousand pages and see how you like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Not like we haven't done that before, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's mostly Chris that does that to us. (laughs) 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 Whoops. Sorry, yeah but for my final thought i I'm glad that this was such like a varied conversation because this is a very strange manga. I feel it's idiosyncratic in the ways that Christopher was saying, and I think that means that all of our reactions kind of we're all hitting different points and kind of judging it based on that, yeah, which maybe is obvious, but it makes for a fun conversation between us. I Always have a good time with these, yeah. So there are 10 volumes of Blood Blockade Battlefront out from Dark Horse Comics. I want to say all of them are translated by Matthew Johnson, lettered and retouched by Studio Cutie. There might be like a replacement a few volumes in. It's such a long running, like complicated series, you know, people get burned out. And then so there are 10 more volumes of Blood Blockade Battlefront Part 2. And then there's also a third volume of Blood Blockade Battlefront starting in Japan more or less in the last year or so. Yeah, That's correct? Yeah. Which is kind of similar to how Trigun went from Trigun to Trigun Maximum with, like, the Trigun anime between oh. those
2: two. Oh. And then there's a new Trigun that's way checked. Oh, yeah. Here. Trigun
0: Stampede. Yeah. Man. That guy, hopefully Naito is very well off and can draw whatever kind of comics he wants without any kind of editorial advice at all.
2: Maybe he does have that drawing set up with, like, the burlesque legs and, like, has him suspended. <laughs> yeah.
0: The I've never seen a mangaka with like a cool self portrait. It's always like I'm a hideous freak. Check me <laughs> out. I'm Baron Harkonnen. Does, yeah. he, does he
2: live in Nakano? Because that's what it says in the end.
1: Yeah, I think so. Huh. Mm. But cool. Maybe I have seen him. I I live in Nakano, sort of. Maybe I saw him <laughs> on the street. I wouldn't even know it was him.
0: He probably lives in one of the very like specific. Mondareki shops
1: in to Broadway. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a whole beautiful apartment building above Broadway at the back. Actually, like a really gorgeous, like mansion, like apartment apartment complex. Like mm-hmm. who knows? Apparently, famous people do live there. Maybe that's where House secretly lives. <laughs> we will find out. We will travel to Japan on a <laughs> planeing jet <laughs> yes. just to check use google translate on our phones to like (laughs) translate the names on the outside of the apartment building (laughs) yeah don't do that don't do that that's a bad idea
0: we're gonna take a break and come back with some shout outs and then skedaddle we will see you in a bit And we are back from yet another probably interminable commercial break. We've got shout outs. Deb, I think you've got a shout out for us this week.
2: Yes. Once again, I am doing recency bias, <laughs> meaning the last thing I bought. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And that is March Comes In Like a Lion by Chica Umino. Oh, oh yeah. it finally came out. Yes. And that's why it's a shout out, because it has been delayed and delayed and delayed. I visited the Denpa booth and I bought a stack of books, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's about a young boy who basically he's like a Japanese chess or shogi genius, and he lives on his own, and he's kind of dealing with some past trauma. from His, his parents have died, he was adopted by a, a, another family, there's a lot of tension in that family, and he decided to leave. And then he gets kind of adopted by another family of sisters who've also lost their parents, and it's just kind of both heartwarming and dramatic and full of very hungry cats who are very adorable. <laughs> All
0: right. Now I see the appeal. Okay, yeah. It's, it's a really charming series, and I'm
2: so glad it's out. It's going to be a while till it's out in its completeness. But it, the anime is on Netflix, and so it's something people have been familiar with for years and have been wanting to read the manga. So it's so nice it's, to see it's in good hands with Denpa. Definitely go out and buy it. I think it's worth a read. It's, I think it's a little bit like Blood Blockade Battlefront in that the manga is way more dense and full of <laughs> asides and full of little fussy details that can make it hard to understand a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful companion to, the, if you love the anime, you'll love the manga. It's really nice.
1: Nice. I remember I bought Mino you know, Sensei, I was actually at a store and they had, uh, at, a, at a doujinshi store, tying <laughs> it back, and I bought this like, there was a there was like a notebook that had a like an oyaji like an old man like a fat old man character with like thick glasses on it, and it said Slam Dunk at the bottom, and he was like nude except for oh. like a, oh, like yeah. a and I'm like, why? It's the coach. Did someone make a yeah, it's the coach from Slam Dunk, and it's I I bought it and I looked it over and it was like you know it's by her. It's actually by you know it's like her Slam Dunk fan dojinshi of the coach. Beautiful. And it's one illustration on top of a blank notebook. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was like 300 yen and I had to buy it. So yes, that is tying everything back to Dojinshi now because I just spent yep. like six weeks in Tokyo digging through Mandurakes. So yeah, it's yeah, all wow. it's all, Dojinshi all the way down. Um, is that your shout out? That's pretty good. Actually, uh, my, my shout out is <laughs> because we were away for so long. I was away for so long. We didn't. We only recorded, I think, one episode while I was away. I actually finally got to have a physical copy of Okinawa. It's coming out August 22nd. Uh, It mm. turned out so good, guys. I'm actually really, really, really proud of how it turned out. It's a beautiful hardcover. We just, yeah, uh, Fantagraphics did an amazing job. It was such a great collaborative project. I'm actually super stoked about how it turned out. And obviously, as the the project manager, Andrew was the editor on it. I noticed like, okay, for second printing, we got to change this and just this. But it's like little things like it's like tiny little things that that no one is going to notice and i feel really good about that actually no spelling mistakes yet we we went over that book like four times it took six years so we better have but yeah nice. we'll see but it felt really good to actually hold it physically because it's been something that i've been working on with jocelyn and andrew and, and and everybody for like six or seven years at this point 2016 seven years wow. amazing yeah yeah, so it's it's honest. It's honestly awesome that it's a real book and it's going to get distributed now. So that's my shout out. It's it's self self
0: involved, but whatever. I like it. I recently got a book from work. You know, something printed and the samples came in, and I opened it. In the very first page, my eye went straight to the typo. So yeah. I'm <laughs> jealous of your experience. <laughs> yeah, I've and done that. Chip, you're shout out free this week, right?
3: Uh, you know what? I've I've managed I've managed to come up with one. All right. I don't think I don't think I've mentioned it on this show before. It's a show called The Other Two. Oh, Have on I?
0: HBO, I think. Yeah,
3: no, yeah. It's about a family where there's three siblings and two of the siblings are much older than the youngest sibling. And the story is basically the younger sibling is Justin Bieber. Like oh my he God. is like <laughs> he's like he's like a teen he's like a teenager who just like all of a sudden just became like s- super famous like almost overnight. And it's about the older siblings having to deal with that. Like they are the other two, like wherever they go. And nice. like, what are their lives supposed to be? What are their careers supposed to be in the wake of their Justin Bieber younger sibling? And it's it's, it's super sweet and it's funny. And like the, the first two seasons were like, just kind of like pleasant watches. And then the final season just came out and it takes it up a whole other level. It becomes like surreal and like, wow. like super hilarious. Really? So mm-hmm. I, Yeah. So I recommend that. Yeah. And Molly, nice. mom, and Molly Shannon is the mom. And Molly Shannon is a delight the wherever best. she goes.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah, That helps.
3: Wow. Yeah, and Camarino's like in it too, and he's always funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he was amazing at Black Monday, where he played twins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were great. <laughs> <laughs> my shout yeah. out, I saw Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. week of July, I think. Maybe last yeah. week of June. A couple weeks ago, at any rate. Wow. It's my second Wes Anderson movie, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, I thought nice. it was very touching. Like, I liked how it kind of looked like a cartoon. Like, it felt like he was kind of drawing a movie more than shooting it sometimes. Which yeah. Is a nice vibe. And amazing soundtrack. And yeah, I got to watch more of his stuff. I watched Royal Bombs that weekend. I really enjoyed that. And next nice. up is either a rewatch of Moonrise Kingdom or maybe Grand Budapest Hotel. One of those cool. two.
1: Huh. Those are nice. Those are both. Yeah, I could. We could Wes Anderson's blame for a while, but yeah, I congratulations on your journey. Yeah, Steve Zissou is the one that is like everyone's real divided on. Andrew and I actually got into a real fight over that, that movie, actually, like a real <laughs> fight. So maybe we yeah. can't watch that one again, but we, we could watch the rest. They're all pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Did Wes Anderson direct City of Dogs?
1: Yes, uh,
3: Isle of Dogs. Yes. Isle I of Dogs, dogs yeah. and Fantastic Mr. Fox.
0: Oh, that was him. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: Because Dark Horse has an adaptation of Isle of Dogs drawn by the guy who did uh, Dragonhead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mochizuki? Mochizuki. Something like that?
1: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Amazing. I got to look that up. It's one of the ones I was considering for, for next season of Manga planning if we're going to get real weird with it. Because it's like, yeah. there's a lot of manga out there that's like, is this manga? Is this manga? like is a, <laughs> is a Japanese dude doing a like manga adaptation of a Wes Anderson film manga that was like first printed in Japan. Technically it is. Yeah. Or people doing mangaka who have left Japan and are doing original works for other countries first. Is that manga? There's a, there's some really neat stuff out there that I've been sort of playing with.
2: Season five, when things get weird.
3: Yeah. We should do do a week where the book selection is. That's the theme. Is this manga? Is this manga? Oh Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah.
1: The internet definitely won't have an opinion on that. Yeah, good. That's yeah. fine. Social media will be dead by that anyway. It's rocketing to its grave. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> speaking of rocketing to the grave,
0: that has been an episode of Honest Wayne. Wow. <laughs> amazing, amazing transition.
2: Amazing. <laughs>
0: this was Blood Blockade Battlefront. We had some good shoutouts. We had some interesting conversation. This was a David Chris versus Chip Deb episode. Very rare. Ah. Will likely wow. never happen again. <laughs> but thank you all for listening thank you all for chatting and we will see you next week have a good one this has been manga splaining episode number 104 blood blockade battlefront thanks for listening For our next episode, we'll be discussing the manga Goodbye Eri by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Want to pick up a copy? Consider supporting your local comic book and manga specialty shop. Find one near you at comicshoplocator.com or check out your local library for print and digital lending options. You can also follow along with our complete reading list at mangasplaining.com or check out our newsletter and digital publishing endeavor at mangasplainingextra.com. Thanks to DADS for their musical accompaniment this episode.